Hey, Kate. Yeah? Do we give legal advice on this podcast? Oh, gosh, no. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile Work Environment. Hello, and welcome to the Hostile Work Environment podcast. My name is Mark Alifans, still, and still, as <laughs> always, I'm joined by my glorious co-host back from an amazing weekend of hiking on the North Shore of, what is that, Lake Superior? Yes, Lake Superior, the big one, yep. Kate Bischoff is your name. Hi. <laughs> yes. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm good. I, uh, you know, I'm I'm glad to be talking with you. Back on a regular cadence here. Uh, lots going on in the world, and uh, I've been super busy with work, so haven't really paid a lot of attention to those things. But I know that you're going to educate me about some of them. Yes. Mm-hmm. How have you been I doing? I am. Uh, well, I'm sore because uh, apparently spending the quarantine baking was not helpful to my hiking stamina. So while we may have done 10 miles over two days, my quads are saying hello at a more frequent level than they normally do. So, Well, it's all good regardless of, of when and how you do it, even <laughs> if it's after a year of eating cookies. Uh and cake, uh, and I'm in the same boat, uh, and have uh, Mm -hmm. started playing racquetball again uh, with with my friend once or twice a week, and we play about a quarter of what we used to do, and we're both wrecked at the end of it, so. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think giving each other a little grace as to how well we stayed in shape, or what we look like coming out of the COVID-19 pounds, or was it like the average is apparently we've gained two pounds per month of quarantine, so we should all be up like 24 or 26 pounds at this point in time. I don't know if I'm up that much, but I'm not in shape anymore. Yeah, no, so. that that's the thing. Like, I my overall, I think I've stayed pretty steady, even with the same, like, eating lots of crap. Um, wonderful crap that my children make at home because um, they're baking yeah. all the time, but also managing the rest of the week and not eating out as much. That's a lot less salt yeah. intake. Uh, and I feel like I've kept it even, but like all of the fitness is gone. Yeah. Yep. It's gone. So it's okay. It'll come back. I got to train. I got to work hard at this. So yes. I'll get out to it. Me too. So would you like to talk about the exercise of sex trafficking? Oh, uh, I mean, no, I wouldn't. Uh, uh, and uh, in light of our conversation about going back to the gym, I didn't realize that was an exercise. Uh, but the practice, I assume you mean, of, yeah, uh, it's, no, I never want to talk about that. Okay, well, Except I think we're going to have to talk about we're it. We're going to, yeah. Yes, we're going to talk about it um, because I want to t- start talking about a situation that we have that is, there's one aspect of it that is very employment law related. And then there are aspects of it that are very serious and also very funny. And so before I get into it, I want to say these are very serious allegations. These are not victimless crimes. There are multiple women who have been the targets of this. And I feel for them. I have, it is 
horrible what these women are going through, likely not only because of the underlying activity, but also the media scrutiny that is likely to come their way over the next few months at the very least, unless there's some sort of plea deal that will make this all go away quicker. But let's talk about everyone's favorite congressman who brings a Nazi denier to the State of the Union and uses the Proud Boys as security when he travels. Matt Gates from the historically crazy state of Florida. So Florida man embodied in congressman. Yes, yes. Uh, Little, I, I, I was surprised to learn this fact that he originally was a supporter of Jeb Bush before flipping to Trump, and then he carried Trump's water for the four years of his presidency. Um, other notable facts about Mr. Gates or Getz, or however you want to pronounce it, um, I don't want to <laughs> again, harm. I don't want to pronounce it at all, but like. <laughs> Like trafficking, yeah. you know, I, I you know, I, I say I don't want to talk about it. We must talk about it, right? This is important to yes, talk about. So I'm not we, trying we to I'm not it. trying to undermine that or deny that. So but also I don't really want to talk about or care how you pronounce his name. It's fuckhead as far as I'm concerned. So Exactly. And and the other thing, I grew up with the Lethal Weapon movies. Oh. And I know that I'm not supposed to like Mel Gibson anymore. And I don't like Mel Gibson. I think it, his behavior is abhorrent. However, Leo Getz was one of my favorite characters. And so I'm going to call Congressman Gates Gates because I like Leo Getz. That's fair. Uh, That's fair. Okay. So, so Matt Gates uh, also his was dating a teenage boy's sister and kind of sort of then adopted him. And that is Nestor. And they're okay. And Nestor's gonna come up in a theory that I'm going to flow. Oh, interesting. Because I've seen I've seen that from I don't know, four or five months ago, maybe six months ago. That was all in the news. Uh yes. around Nestor. Okay. Yes. So Congressman Gates first started out in the Florida House of Representatives. And when he was in the Florida State House in the 2010s, uh, he played a game based on a point system. The points were allotted based upon activity that you engaged in. So if you slept with a married legislator, you got so many points. If you spent the night at a sorority house, you got so many points. And if you slept with a specific conservative woman, they compared that to a game of Quidditch from Harry Potter because she would be the snitch. snitch, Mm, Yes, yes, snitch. And so if you slept with her, you won the game no matter how many points you had accumulated. And another basis of the points. So when we pair the spending the night at a sorority house, and the other way to get points, which was sleeping with a virgin. Oh. There is an overarching theme here of very young females. Okay? Yes. <laughs> so on the floor of the Florida House, we've got this sex game going on. Now, assume the Florida House is any other employer. Would the employer have created a hostile work environment? Potentially. <laughs> I mean, potentially. I'd want, I mean, what's known about it? Who's participating in it? Is it public? Is it right? There's all like 
for whom is the is the work environment hostile? I'd want right like so who's aware of it? What how how much has knowledge of it permeated the workforce? Right, the fact that it exists doesn't create necessarily a hostile work environment for a particular individual. There might be other reasons why, and there are other reasons, yes. both morally and potentially <laughs> legally, why that's unacceptable. I'm just trying to stick to my my severe and pervasive standard here that we know uh, and love. Uh, and <laughs> you love, no, I don't I, love, I, but yes, I, it was a joke, Kate. Um, uh, that you know, legally, I'd want I'd want to understand more about knowledge. Yes. Uh, it was considered, according to a Business Insider article, it was considered the worst kept secret in Tallahassee. So <laughs> I, I'm going to assume that at least some people, some people with power knew about it because Congressman Gates, when he became a congressman, brought the behavior with him to the U.S. House of Representatives, where he would show people nude photos of the individuals he had slept with. And I'm using individuals very carefully because the sex trafficking comes up with a 17-year-old girl who he had sex with. And if there were pictures of her, that would be unlawful, right? Yes. But if you're showing nude photos to other Congress people and staff on the floor of the U.S. House, could that create a hostile work environment? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad. Um, the nude photos also included a naked woman hula hooping. Now, I haven't seen a hula hoop since I rewatched the Hudsucker Proxy a couple weeks ago, but it, you know. Naked woman hula hooping shown on the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives uh, certainly could create problems. So much so that at the time when he was first elected in 2016, 2017, Mr. Gates had to be spoken to by the Speaker of the House at the time, Paul Ryan, for trying to keep a more professional demeanor in Congress. But they're playing Quidditch. <laughs> No, that was the Florida House. Well, we yes, the that, you know, it's game. same game, different venue. Yes. Now, Congressman Gates is 38 years old. So my He looks about 12, were, though. He does. He looks like, is it Beavis from Beavis and Butthead? The he looks more like Butthead. One? Butthead's the dark head one. Okay, so he looks like Butthead. Okay. Uh, I didn't have an MTV growing up, so I'm late to all of these shows. So- okay. He looks like Butthead and he engages in the behavior that would be a risk to any employer if he engaged in that kind of behavior, because yes. it would eventually, maybe not right out of the gate, but eventually someone is going to find this all offensive and it's going to create a yeah. hostile work environment. Yeah, either it's a hostile work environment or a policy violation or any one of a number of things in which it's completely inappropriate under any circumstances, right? Yes, yes. And now there's um, a, potentially his arrest is eminent, according to the New York Times. And part of how the FBI discovered some of this is because he used apps to pay the women, including the cash app and text messages. 
The allegations also include his use of MDMA, which as a non-drug user, I think is also ecstasy. Um, mm. So there I, is some skeezy behavior. That, that like makes me think of, of Venmo when I like, I don't understand Venmo because like why, <laughs> I don't want to know what everybody I know is paying everybody else for. Like I have no interest in that. I don't care. But right. like, but like, you know, my Venmo says Matt Gates paid so and so. Oh boy. Yes, I don't believe the Cash App does it. I yeah, no, it I don't think so. I don't think part. so. But the trick to the Cash App is that it you it's impossible to delete a transaction. So if there were transactions, particularly to young women, um, that could bring up these charges. But the lesson here for employers is hey, if this behavior is happening, you are likely allowing a hostile work environment to exist. So take action. The pr problem is, is that this is Congress. So you can't really get fired by the Speaker of the House unless it goes through the Ethics Committee and then your seat is refused. So uh, Speaker Pelosi has said that she wants this to run through the, the Ethics Committee because Congressman Gates has said he will not resign because this is all an extortion plot from his wealthy family. Oh, from his so. wealthy family. Yes, because his his dad got the message or apparently got a message for demanding twenty five million dollars. And then his dad wore a wire like there's a whole bunch of just Florida ness attached to this story that like some like I'm hoping the Cohen brothers make a comedy of this because I think there is enough there for that except in every Cohen brothers movie the foils are likable characters and I just don't see how you get to have a likable congressman gates no no so. the likable character here because it's florida would be an alligator because most Florida yes. man stories at some point or another involve an alligator. So there must be one involved here too. <laughs> you know what? Maybe he hid the MDMA in an alligator and that would be like the classic Florida man story, right? Sorry to all my friends in Florida, uh, but elect better people maybe. So <laughs> yeah, for starters. <laughs> <laughs> And apparently there's also an, a tie to Governor DeSantis. So there's this potential that this whole thing could bring down a whole bunch of people. So we'll see. So it's it's interesting um, that there's an actual like direct tie-in to the funny story I'm going to read for you. And I'm actually going to switch the order of, of <laughs> our next few, few things that we're going to do here because it actually ties in so much better than I thought because I, I hadn't stayed up to, to date on the Matt Gates, Gates, whatever that <laughs> fuckhead uh, story. Mm -hmm. uh, and so hadn't heard about the, the scoring component, the Quidditch mm. component of the uh, uh, situation. So, okay. So this, this story is something I found on ask a manager. Oh, and the headline is, and this is this is this dates back quite a few years. This is like six years old. I happen okay. to be trolling around on here recently. Um, and uh, the headline is: I walked in on employees having sex, and I think there's a sex club in my <laughs> office. Oh this no! This is this is for certain. Everybody, a not safe for work episode. Um, 
Yes. Uh, and this is a not safe for, for work or for your kids, probably, story. All right. So uh, our reader writes, I'm reading this from uh, Ask a Manager. I am the manager of a customer service team of about 10 to 12 members. Most of the team members are right out of school, and this is their first professional job, and their ages range from 22 to 24. I'm about 10 years older than all of my employees. We have a great team and great working relationships. They all do great work, and we have established a great team culture. Well, a couple of months ago, I noticed something odd that my team and other employees in the building started doing. They would see each other in the hallways or break room and say, quack, quack, like a duck. I assumed this was an inside joke and thought nothing of it and wrote it off as playful silliness or thought I perhaps missed a moment in a recent movie or TV show to which the quacks were referring. Fast forward a few months. I needed to do some printing and our printer is in a room that can be locked by anyone when it is in use. Our team often has large volumes of printing they need to do and it helps to be able to sort things out in there by yourself as multiple people can get their pages mixed up and it turns into a mess. The door had been locked the entire day, and this was around noon. And as the manager, I have the key to the door in case someone forgot to unlock it when they left. I walked in, and there were two of my employees on the couch in the copier room having sex. (laughs) I am... Okay, so is the the quack, like, ducking where you accidentally wrote fucking in your phone fixed it to... No, no, it's ducking? it's quacks. Okay. Like no, it like it literally says quack quack like a duck in the writing. Okay. Okay. Right, like hearing people do it. So I don't think there's any we'll, Yeah, but that it might be code, right? Like Oh, well that we don't know. We'll get to more about the quacks yes. more about the quacks later. Sweet. Um, okay. Uh where were? Oh. Uh so found my two employees on the couch in the copy room having sex. I immediately closed the door and left. <laughs> This was, this was last week, and as you can imagine, things are very awkward between the three of us. I haven't addressed the situation yet because of a few factors. This was during both of their lunch hours. They were not doing this. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. There's some clear, I mean, this isn't one where it's going to be like, Kate, what are the issues here? Um, uh, what would you tell this manager? You'll, you'll see. Uh, uh, they were not doing this on the clock. They had both they had both clocked out. I immediately checked. Oh no. We have an understanding that you can go or do anything on your lunch that you want as long as you're back after an hour. Also, as you mentioned in your answer last week to the person who overheard their coworker involved in adult activities, uh, so referencing a prior Ask a Manager yeah. article, these people are adults and old enough to make their own choices. Okay, but that's not the end of the story. <laughs> oh, great. It keeps going. That's, Poor Allison, okay? That mm-hmm. same day, after my team had left, I was wrapping up and putting a meeting agenda on each of their desks for our meeting the next day. Out in broad daylight on the guy's desk, uh, one of the employees I had caught in the printing room, was a piece of paper at the top that said, Duck Club. <gasps> Underneath it, it had... A list of locations of places in and around the office followed by points. Oh no! So so this oh, this this the is points this, are gonna get you. This is Quidditch. Uh, 
I don't know if there's a, uh, a, a snitch here, but um, 25 points. Okay. Uh, 25 points, president's desk. 10 points. <gasps> 10 points. See, this is worth it just to see your face as you're reacting. 10 points, <laughs> car in the parking lot. 20 points, copier room, etc., etc. So here's my theory about what's going on, and I think I'm right. This duck club is a club people at work uh, for people at work where people get points for having sex in these locations around the office. Well deduced. Uh, um, yeah. Uh huh. Right? I think that is also where quack, the quacking comes into play. Perhaps this is some weird mating call between members to let them know <laughs> they want to get some points with the other person, and if they quack back, they meet up somewhere to score, quote unquote. Oh, oh, the two I caught okay. in the copier room, I have heard quacking before. I know this is all extremely weird. I wasn't even sure I wanted to write you because of how weird this seems. Plus, I was a little embarrassed. I have no idea what to do. As I mentioned above, they weren't on the clock when this happened. They're all adults, and technically I broke a rule by entering the copier room when it was locked. I would never have thought, uh, never would have caught them if I had obeyed that rule. The only company rule I can think of that these two broke is using the copier room for other purposes, preventing someone else from using it. I would love to know your opinion on this. I tend to want to sweep it under the rug because I'm kind of a shy person and would be embarrassed, extremely embarrassed, to bring it up. Uh, okay, I don't think you have <laughs> and, a choice. And just, you know, Allison's uh, uh, first word in response is, what? <laughs> okay, good. Good. I'm glad. Uh, yeah. No, you can't have a sex game at work. Uh, that That's a no-no. No-no. On so many levels. Uh, and uh, just, you know, but... I mean, we. I think the listeners of this podcast are sophisticated enough to identify. We don't need to go through and be like, all the different ways this might be the worst. <laughs> assuming this is an HR person, the worst HR person ever. Um. Yeah. Uh, but holy moly. And it just reminded me of, uh, I was going to talk about this later, but it reminded me of Matt Getz's scoring uh, system. And, yes. and so I thought it would be much better to uh, move forward in our, our yeah. list of stories for the day. Well, so one, Suzanne Lucas has got an article from last week in Inc. that says HR is not for wimps. Because right. we have to step into these situations and handle this. And then two, uh, my boss, when I was with the State Department in Jerusalem, she had a standing policy that she does not buy couches unless they're for homes. Like if you wanted a couch for your office, it was she was going to do a hard no. And you had to immediately like even the people who, in purchasing, if somebody went to somebody in purchasing and said, hey, can I get a couch for my desk or for my office? Um, you were sent immediately to her. And trust me, she was not someone you wanted to mess around with no. because she would like. Oh, I can't imagine what that conversation would have been like, but she would have dressed you down if you requested a couch. So, and, and you know what? I think there's a lot of um, good points to having a no couch policy in offices. I think there's a lot of, of good things to come from that because it also could spark somebody to stay at work, right? Sleep at work. And I don't want them to sleep at work, overnight at work if they're, 
you know, I want them to be able to go rest at home. But one, it doesn't matter if it's on their lunch hour. <laughs> Two, this game is going to implode at some point. I mean, talk about like a potential might be- hostile work environment. Yeah, everybody's might be fine with it at the moment, but it is coming off the rails at some point. And and so. what about the person who's like in on it and completely uncomfortable about it, but due to peer pressure? I mean, that's just like right I, the number of ways in which this is completely unacceptable and inappropriate and bad on this person asking the question. Like, great story, <laughs> thank you, yes. thank you for existing, mm-hmm. person. But oh, oh boy. Oh, no, 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 no. We got to step in and put the kibosh on that. For real. And likely terminate, so. Yeah, and and, and maybe, unfortunately, a whole bunch of people. Uh-huh. Yikes. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. Customer service is going to get a lower grade for a couple of weeks. All right, yes. no, so no sexual quidditch at work, people, is <laughs> the lesson yes. here. No sexual <laughs> I got a couple of other uh, quick stories to talk about. Um, okay. Uh, I think you saw this one. Uh, d- uh, did you see about the individual who got their final pay uh, dumped on their driveway as 91,515 oily pennies? Uh, so this is a horrible employer, but... I also appreciate the gumption that it took to get that many pennies to oil them up. And it's legal tender. Like, it, you can use pennies. So. Yeah, I, this is ill-advised <laughs> as a method. I want to. Yeah, I want to know the pay, the pay stub. Was the, like, the stub taped to the wheelbarrow or like. How was the stub handled? I, you know, from the way the article's written, I'm not sure that there's a level of sophistication here that would include a stub. Uh, uh, the doorbell rang, and a, a wavy-haired young man with an unfamiliar face told our uh, told the told the person involved uh, here, uh, "Hey, your money is at the end of the driveway, bud." Um, and then, oh, there was a pay stub. How do you like oh, that? Oh, sweet, uh, great. A pay stub and an envelope with an expletive scrawled on it above a squiggly underline. <laughs> it's the squiggly so, underline detail that really gets Yeah. There. So, motherfucker, squiggly underline. Yeah. Here's your pay stub and your legal tender. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they spent hours <laughs> hauling the pennies up the driveway. I mean, there's an interesting concept here, which, yes, this is legal tender. Um, but what happens when it's, mm-hmm. like, requires work to actually the money <laughs> like like yeah right because he has to clean the money and then deposit it back at the bank and there's 500 pounds of pennies uh that they then put in a wheelbarrow and apparently then the wheelbarrow it was so much weight that the it uh the the tire popped on the wheelbarrow uh and it's uh, <laughs> it's it's a mess so um no good so but yes technically legal tender can be paid that way one potential other legal issue here, we were we were both trying to figure out before we started recording, uh, the article says that the, this individual had been waiting for months uh, to get uh. the final pay uh, and had, had reached out uh, uh, to the Department of Labor or someone uh, to try to lodge a complaint, which is how, how 
they finally got the the payment to be paid. Uh, this could still be a violation. Uh, interestingly, uh, most states, many states have final pay uh, yeah. paycheck rules about, uh, most of you I'm sure know this, uh, about when and how you're supposed to uh, get, maybe not how, but by when in regarding what circumstances the voluntary termination uh, versus, mm -hmm. a you know, uh, you fired somebody uh, when and when, when that payment is due. Uh, but Georgia, where this happened, doesn't have a final pay statute, which means it defaults back to the FLSA, which is so unusual that neither of us quite knew the answer. <laughs> uh, my very brief look shows that the FLSA has a has a, a rule in it that a final pay uh, absence of state rule is going to be due when the next pay payroll uh, would have been due. Uh, and so, you know, for most employers, that puts it at most two weeks or half a month. Uh, and, yeah. and this was clearly a lot longer than that. What I what I didn't find quickly was uh, what possible penalties there might be under the FLSA. But in a lot of states, if you if you wait a couple of months uh, and only finally pay when somebody complains about it, you might be on the hook uh, for some pretty significant penalties, uh, especially yeah. for our listeners in the great state of California. I would have to say that final pay questions are probably one of the most prevalent questions I get other than, okay, can I fire this guy? It, it, it is, can I withhold pay for all the equipment that they still have? Can I, you know, right. like, do I have to pay within 24 hours if they make a written demand? Like all of those kinds of questions are very popular questions that I get regularly. And so uh, if somebody asks, can I pay them in pennies? I'm going to say, well, technically, yes. Can you get it there on time? Yeah, can you get it there on time? And do you really want your other employees to know that you paid somebody in pennies? Because they're all going to think you're approaching high quality dickness there. And, unless um, unless the employee is just a well-known jackass to everyone. And they're all, they'd all be like, right. good, good on you for doing that. It's possible. Right. It's possible. And and with, you know, the recovery happening and unemployment now down to 6%, there's still 9 million jobs that we have to come up with and create. But people are going to start moving jobs here relatively quickly. And if you have made yourself to be a really asshole employer, you're going to lose your people. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. Don't pay with pennies. But quarters yes oh yeah totally <laughs> totally it's a lot it's a lot less weight uh yeah because there's fewer of there's them fewer you of know, them. 100 versus yeah, I mean, 25 pennies yeah. is a lot more than one quarter right in terms of <laughs> in terms of weight not in terms of value just in terms of weight right, right, right. Uh, so anyway uh I, I didn't think we could we could let that go by without mention even though no. it doesn't really have uh important legal questions around it but but and and it is a nominee in John Hyman's uh, oh, worst employer, worst worst employer for 2021 already. So good, good to know. All right, uh, one last story here. Uh, this is courtesy of my lovely wife, uh, who forwarded it to me, uh, and this comes from one of our favorite areas uh, of source material for this podcast, <laughs> which is Reddit's <laughs> "Am I the asshole." This is actually the answer is almost always yes. Am I the asshole on Twitter uh, account? So I'm going to read this. Am I the asshole? This is the headline. You may already know okay. the answer. <laughs> Am okay. I the asshole 
for firing an employee in the group text. Oh, in the group text? Really? So, so all right, listen to the story first before okay. before you pass judgment. Um, though you're, you're probably okay. just going to say yes. Um, uh, I'm the GM of a store that sells, sells home good items, kitchenware, bath and body products, pet and babies, toys, etc. Uh, we have a group text that we use to keep in touch with everyone on staff. About a week ago, I was on my day off and running errands at a couple of stores in the same plaza as the store I manage. As I was leaving the parking lot, I saw one of my employees hurrying from the store in uniform, mask pulled down, holding two of our shopping bags and one other large item that was too big for a bag. It was a bit odd, but because it was my day off, I couldn't deal with it. Next day, when I came in, I spent the better part of three or four hours pulling the electronic journal from that day, reviewing it, speaking to uh, other employ employees while remaining vague and weighing all of the info. Based on the information I found, I can only conclude the employee was stealing from the store. I'm disappointed because she and I previously got along well, and she was a reliable employee. I spent the next couple of days rearranging the schedule to fill in the shifts this employee will no longer be working, but there is now coverage uh, for the loss. I, maybe so there is now coverage for the loss. I don't know. Uh, okay. The employee in question has had the last five days off and was supposed to work this afternoon closing the store. The employee text, uh, texted the group yesterday asking for coverage for today's shift because she was very sick and didn't anticipate being well by this afternoon. I responded to her message with, don't worry about finding coverage, we're good. And don't worry about future shifts either because you are no longer employed at our store due to your actions on whatever date. A few minutes later, she texted with, I don't know what you're talking about. Can you call me or text me privately? I text back. Yeah. <sighs> I can't. And we have nothing further to say. Your final paychecks will be direct deposited into the account in your employee file. The employee texts back. This is incredibly unprofessional and childish. I will be filing a complaint with district supervisor. I sent back, go ahead. Go ahead and do so, and I will inform him that you have been fired because I caught you stealing store merchandise while on shift with my own eyes. You will be removed and blocked from the group chat now. One of the assistant store managers wow. responded to the chat. Probably could have said this in a private text. Another ASM said, question mark, question mark, question mark. Not sure what's happening, but can we all go private with things like this, please? In yeah. the group chat uh, I have with just the ASMs and myself, the ASMs all voiced their dissatisfaction at what had happened in the larger group text. The consensus seems to be that I should have fired her privately. Personally, yeah. I have no sympathy for people who steal from their place of business and see no problem with having let everyone know what kind of person this employee is. Edit. Because the issue has popped up in each of the first comments, my investigation was thorough. I have sent my records to corporate and the district manager, and the parties in those departments have signed off and approved, approved uh, the termination. There's no legal issue here. It was a clean termination. Was I an asshole? Uh, yes. <laughs> so, okay, so, so, so the, everything he, up to the text was right. Yes. E everything, like, 
you know, maybe not handling it at the moment because you're you're off, off, you know, going in, talking to people, looking at electronic evidence, all that kind of stuff. Great. You get to the text. Oh, that's where this falls off the rails for me. Um, now, I will say there have been times in my career where I have advised a client that we should make this termination and the reason for the termination public to set an example that we won't tolerate this kind of behavior. And But those instances are relatively rare that that comes up. And in those cases, the behavior is so egregious that we have to, because everybody knows about it. So we have to make the statement that this is what we did. That's this not this. That's not this at all. No, no. People stealing from your store, like that is relatively common. I mean, it's I mean rel- falls into that shrink. Right? Th- there are ways here where if, even if it's, even if it's common, in, in retail like this, that you still may want to make an example out of somebody, but you can go about making that example without having a group task text in the space where you're informing the employee, right? Exactly. You shouldn't do that part of it under pretty much any circumstance that I can think of publicly Mm-mm. after it's done. If you want to make the example, you can be like, Sally was fired because she stole from the store. Don't steal. Like, yes, you don't do, you don't have the act of it in front of everyone because now everyone's going to be very leery of working with you, right? Because you publicly fire people, and so they're not going to be willing to approach you as an ASM or whatever this person's role was. So right, and they'll see how how you took away that individual's dignity in doing it in such a public forum. Yeah, uh, you may not think that they deserve dignity after what they did. But that still, that practice will still reflect on you uh, relative mm-hmm. to all of the others and how they would want to be treated under similar circumstances. Right. And maybe the other thing I would have, I would have asked the person if they had stolen and gotten their side of the story a little bit. And you could do that in the yes. termination meeting. But just to summarily terminate them in front of everybody else, that's. That's the issue here, I think. So, oh, man, don't do that. Yeah, if you do that, you are the asshole. Yeah. 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 For sure. So. But Kate, you... Well, those were great stories. Thank you. You are definitely not the asshole. Uh, <laughs> thank you. And I'm curious how uh, our listeners can get in touch with you if they want to send you a story or hire you or or (laughs) something in between those two those two things okay so the best place to find me and where i'm probably most responsive is the twitters because i love twitter it's k8bish kate bish uh, on twitters or you can find me on linkedin or you can find me on my website, thrivelawconsulting.com, which I should probably update that sometime soon. But yeah, that's where they can find me. How about you? Where can we find you, Mr. Salad Pants? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter at Salad Pants. <laughs> yes. Uh, as usual. And uh, LinkedIn, but also on the Bullard Law 
website. Uh, all my contact information is on there and uh, settling in after a couple of months uh, Good. of work there. So. And if you have a story, please email us at hwepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear your stories. And given that this is in the first weekend of April, I want to say happy belated Passover, happy Easter, and Ramadan Mubarak, because that's in just a few days too. So the Abrahamic religions have come together in a three-week period to do all the big celebrations. There's also so. one other, uh, and I had thought to do this uh, during the intro and then totally forgot, uh, one other notable milestone that we've got here, which uh, had actually passed as of our last episode. Uh, we've been doing this together for over a year now. Oh, yeah, we have. Oh, sorry, that was a super Minnesotan O. <laughs> I heard it after as I did if, it. As, <laughs> oh! As, as if they don't hear that with the disclaimer on every episode at the start of every episode. Uh, but yeah, our, our our big group team halfwit uh, conversation was already a month and a few, uh, a year and a few weeks ago. And that was like our third or fourth episode. And we were, remember, we were just getting started kind of right when COVID hit. And to, yeah. to go back and listen now to some of that content, uh, it's not cringeworthy. Because we only had no. the information we had, but so different from where we are now. And yeah. no, we were all talking about, well, in a couple of weeks when things are back to normal again. <laughs> uh, and here yes. we are 14 months later. So anyway, uh, I just wanted to say that uh, this has been wonderful doing this with you. It's been uh, a year uh, plus and uh, still haven't met you in person yet. But we're, yeah. we're going to make that happen we soon. I hope. Yes. I hope this we, year. We can travel. Word has it. So this is going to come. This is going to happen. Yay. Okay. Well, my dinner's arrived. So I'm here. I got to let you go. All right. <laughs> yes. Bye. Okay. Bye, guys.